It is the brink coming to you once again for a brand new episode. I bet you thought we had forgotten about you. Well, we haven't because we are finally back for 2021 episode 145 and not including our best of episode that we gave you in December, our first episode since August last year. That is actually all kinds of crazy to think it has been that long. But uh, Ben in the chair right now by my lonesome, no Mallory, but uh, we'll see to get her back at certain points throughout the year. But uh, we've got an exciting episode for you today because we have all new stuff. We've got no flashbacks, no anything, no former stuff from the show. Everything we are bringing you today is brand new, including a brand new interview with somebody who we've obviously never had on the show before, an up-and-coming Canadian singer, Christian Tropiano. You'll be hearing from him in just a moment. We're also going to be catching up with Josh, talking about all things to do with the past. So even though we have no things from the past, we're going to be talking about the past. That makes sense. And Colin will be joining us with a special guest, his nephew. And we're going to be talking about hockey because we're in Canada and that's what you do when you're in Canada. So I'm going to shut up and we're going to hear a sound and then we're going to come straight back into it with my interview with up and coming Canadian singer Christian Tropiano. It's a big year for us on the brink in 2021 and that involves bringing in some great guests onto the program and I'm very excited today to be able to welcome our next guest, a singer songwriter who is just releasing his debut EP. It is called Handshake. It is available now to listen on a variety of streaming platforms and we're going to hear a little bit more about the ideas behind the songs and everything else in between. It's a pleasure to welcome to the brink Mr. Christian Tropiano. Christian, welcome to the program, mate. It's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you, Ben. Pleasure to be here. It's always an exciting time, I can imagine, when you release new music and when you hear the words debut EP, that must uh, be even more exciting for you. I mean, how how are you feeling now when you can hear somebody like me, my weird, strange accent, first of all, uh, say that <laughs> it's out, it's it's here, all the work you've put into it has paid off because it's, it's out for people to listen to? It's pretty surreal um it's really rewarding to finally have it out there um i think the songs were in my head for a long time so it was really great to finally sort of uh record them and then uh to have them out there just so i can say like hey you can go listen to it now instead of me sort of being like this is going to be great you should come (laughs) come back in a few months and it'll be ready but it's great that it's finally out what was the process like uh, putting this together, Christian? You talk about the songs being stuck in your head. Was it a simple case of, okay, I've got enough now to put this out? Did you have more that you thought, okay, what am I going to fit on here and what am I not? I mean, kind of take us through a bit of the process. Yeah, I um, I had some of the songs written either instrumentally or bits and pieces of lyrics probably since I was in high school. Um, and then I went to university and during those four years, there wasn't a lot of time to sort of set aside to record or work on ideas. Um, but when I finished, um, I finally had the time and I, I always wanted to pursue music. So um, it was really great to finish off some ideas that were in my head for literally like kind of years and then um, to put some new stuff together and then kind of package it all together as an EP. So it was a bit fragmented, but um, it was really great to tie up uh, all the loose ends. And with all those ideas sitting in your head, do you like to jot some of them down maybe in your phone? Do you carry a, a notebook? Do you just have a really good memory that you don't need to kind of do things like normal people like I would, whereas I, I forget, I'm probably going to forget your name in a couple of minutes, let's be honest, Christian, I'm, I'm that bad. <laughs> <so. laughs> 
No, I, I wish I had a like awesome memory like that. No, I, I used to use uh, pen and paper and then I was kind of like snobby about it. Like, you know, writers use pen and paper and there's original <laughs> lyric sheets and stuff like that. But then the practicality of like notes on your phone and voice memos took over for sure. Um, so I'd probably have like hundreds of voice memos and notes. Um, those kind of kept every idea alive for all these years. I'm sure you'll kind of go through your phone one day and, and see the amount you've got and maybe listen to them. I, I do that often sometimes with voice notes on my phone. I've done a random interview and go, well, what's this one? And I go, oh, yeah, I remember interviewing that person or something like that. So it's kind of like a nice trip down memory lane when you eventually maybe discover all these notes. Yeah, no, that happens all the time. Every now and then I try to organize it because it's kind of chaos. And uh, I find some stuff from like 2010 and I can't believe it still exists. Wow, wow, that's crazy. Uh, listening to the songs, uh, sounding absolutely fantastic. And, uh, I mean, take us through a couple of the tracks in terms of do you have a favourite? Do you, do you have one that means the most? I mean, it's, I guess, probably kind of like asking a parent to choose their favourite child, right? You probably don't <laughs> necessarily want to say there, but uh, is there any of the songs that particularly stand out for you for, for some reason? Yeah, um, it is hard to decide, but I think Cape Town is sort of my favorite and the most meaningful. Um, it's uh, the first one I recorded and released for the EP. Um, but on top of that, it's, I guess, the most personal. It's pretty vulnerable. It's um, kind of a breakup song, kind of addresses mental health. Um, the metaphor Cape Town being sort of not physically Cape Town. I've never been to South Africa, but um, it's sort of a mental safe house kind of at the bottom of the world. If you look at uh, Cape Town on the map, it's sort of, right on the tip of Africa, kind of in the middle of nowhere geographically. Um, so that was kind of the metaphor for a sort of mental space in my mind. Um, and that's kind of where, you know, I think everyone has that kind of place where if you're feeling low, you kind of go there, um, whether people know it or not. Um, so it's kind of a breakup song, but also addressing that weird part of mental health where, um, you kind of set up these defenses for yourself, but then, uh, ultimately it's a good thing. How daunting is that when you release that for, for people to listen to after kind of, I guess, opening yourself up a little bit and really kind of putting those words to to song? I mean, it must be one of those moments where you're sort of, you know, you're wanting to get that message out there, kind of sing how you're feeling and everything, but at the same time knowing that it's out there in the world and people are going to listen to you opening yourself up. I can imagine that's a daunting experience once people start listening to it and giving you feedback for it. Uh, definitely. Um, there's like two parts of that. I think it's like the musical feedback. So you're kind of like, especially since it was my first release, it's kind of like, um, I thought it was good, but you never know, right? You put it out in the world and then it's up to listeners to decide if they like it or not. Um, so there was that part of it. And then there was, uh, yeah, opening yourself up, um, by sharing your feelings in a sort of lyrical way, but it still seems pretty vulnerable. Um, I think after Cape Town, I got used to that feeling and I was like, well, as the songs out there and this is part of what being a songwriter is, is kind of putting your heart on your sleeve. So I think I got used to it after a while, but Cape Town was definitely weird. And it's also interpretation isn't music. You know, it's, it's that one of those rare mediums where I can listen to Cape Town and maybe 
take a completely different meaning from it. Uh, somebody else could listen to it, take a completely different meaning of it, and then we can share with you what we're feeling when we hear those songs. And it's always great, of course, to hear the, the meaning behind why you've recorded and written that song, but it's also unique that then somebody can send you in and go, well, okay, good to know that, but I took it this way, and maybe yourself learning from what you've written and how other people can interpret it. Uh, definitely. Um, I kind of, on all the songs, uh, they're cryptic lyrically, almost intentionally. Um, it's not kind of like it has uh, aspects of pop in there, but um, I don't really deliver this, you know, really shiny hook, although there are hooks. Um, so it's kind of meant to be open to interpretation. Um, and I kind of like that about the songs because I kind of know what they mean and they're kind of like my little secret, but um, I hope I gave enough in the lyrics that you could probably guess what I was going for, but there's so much room for the listener to uh, to sort of apply it to their own life and, and interpret it. And at the same time, though, can you then maybe flick Cape Town to the person you wrote it about and kind of be like, hey, in your face, listen to this? <laughs> <laughs> I, I worry about that, too, because it's like it, it's definitely about an experience and, um, you know, there's real events. So. Yeah, I felt kind of bad, but um, at the same time, you kind of have to be honest when you write. So um, I guess I don't feel too bad, but I guess a little part of me still does. <laughs> but I guess it's about developing that too. I, I mean, sort of you get the debut EP out there and you, all musicians are always going to work on their sound over their career. It's not really going to be the same as they write today. You're going to be writing in five years, different sounds, experimenting with different things. And Today, you might be opening yourself up and writing some of these songs, and maybe in the future, who knows, you might drop a drum and bass country rap album and potentially just go for the <laughs> the clicks on YouTube. I don't know, Christian, just putting some ideas out there. <laughs> oh, man, I hope so. I love all kinds of stuff. Like um, in uh, university, my friends and I got really into hard bass, like right. sort of Eastern Europeans, like really heavy club stuff. So um, that was really fun. But I listen to all kinds of stuff, so I'm sure when I – right in the future it's going to be a little different um still true to myself but um i'm always going to bring in other genres in my writing it's just kind of how i listen to music how i always have mm -hmm. and i think it's always how i'm going to make it too and that's the joy of a remix though too right you could always just you know release the uh the ep uh remix album of handshake just you know drop a couple of mixes of all these songs honestly that's uh on the table um, nice. that's a pretty uh, realistic thing i think shadows would be a really cool like uh, house track almost or maybe just a down tempo club kind of thing but uh, I'm, I'm excited to experiment with that for sure well one of the tracks on the ep try out for heaven not drawn from a personal experience uh, i mean was that something you just wanted to have a bit of fun with experiment with a different type of storytelling i guess there when it came to that track uh yeah that, that was really fun to write um it was one of those really um highly coveted sort of songwriting experiences where it it writes itself almost like you kind of are this like conduit to whatever is happening and um it kind of just came together in about an hour um and i tried not to think about it too hard while i was writing it uh in terms of like what it was about and then it turned out to be this story um of this guy who you know breaks up or gets broken up with because he cheated and um he kind of sucks. He just spends the whole song self-loathing or self-loathing. And um, it's kind of like hard to empathize with him, but I think it's still a good listening experience because you want to see what he says next. Um, but I think writing it 
was great because I like sort of character driven songs. Um, I'm by no means comparing myself to Bruce Springsteen at all, but he <laughs> is such a powerful writer. Uh, and he, he can come up with stories that are not about himself at all. Um, and make it totally believable. So I think that's something I want to work on in the future too. And it also involves a uh, bit of a, a shout out to a certain contemporary of yours, uh, another musician. Give us a give us a bit of an insight to this, Christian. Who who are you shouting out in this song? Uh, none other than Mr. Bruno Mars. Um, mm. Yeah, I thought. I mean, there is the parallel between the titles uh, "Try Out for Heaven" and "Locked Out for Heaven." Mm-hmm. Um, but I think beyond that, um, it's kind of this character's like last ditch effort to sort of, you know, try to think of what should I have done. And, um, the line is, uh, should have listened to more Bruno Mars. Turns out I'd be locked out of heaven. Hmm. Um, and, uh, I think it's cool. I think it's a cool hook. Um, cause Bruno's the name as soon as you hear it, um, especially in this kind of chill song, like try out for heaven. Um, I would imagine the listener to be like, did he just say Bruno Mars? What was that? And then maybe give it another listen. Like where did Bruno come into this? What, what did I miss? So I think it's kind of a cool way to uh, keep the listener's attention. I think there's something with songs when you hear another artist or a name or something like that, that does kind of get your attention. I could probably think of a heap of songs right now where they, they mention uh, another name in it and you automatically do kind of perk up and listen. So I, I definitely see that. And who knows, Bruno might listen to it himself and all of a sudden go, Hey, th- this guy, this guy's my jam. Absolutely. Use my name all the time. I'll, I'll start using <laughs> your name in my songs. We'll, you know, make it quid pro quo, all that sort of things. That would be an honor. That would be a, a huge honor if he reciprocated. I hope he does. We'll, we'll keep an eye out for that one. You, you mentioned before sort of getting into music. What was it, Christian, that drew you into pursuing your career as a musician? I uh, I started playing guitar when I was six because my dad was a musician and there were guitars everywhere and he encouraged it. And um, he was also sort of this hub for all this diverse music um so the listening was very plentiful i kind of listened to all kinds of stuff from an early age and he uh, made a point of taking me to concerts uh really young and i kind of kept that going um up until now and uh i think i always had it in the back of my head that i wanted to pursue music i obviously like i wanted to do well in school um i went to university but I think in the back of my mind, um, it was always there that, you know, when I had the time or when the time was right, I would pursue it. So I think it was just kind of like I was unconsciously training my whole life to, to do it. And then uh, there's obviously a lot to learn, but um, I'm sort of happy that I kept it alive throughout my childhood, throughout my adolescence. And I think it's now sort of time to keep it, uh, keep it going in a serious way. You mentioned the word concert there. I don't even know what those are anymore. It's been a while since I've heard I know. that word, I think, right? Uh, <laughs> how, how has this obviously been releasing this and not being able to get out there and, and perform in a concert in this wacky world we're living in right now? Yeah, it's it's been weird. I um, was ready to play last summer. I put together a band and we were about to have our first rehearsal uh, and then the first lockdown started. Um, which sort of canceled the album release party and any future shows. So 
uh, I've done some live streams and I'll do more, but uh, nothing really replaces that live feeling in person. So really hoping we get back to some normalcy soon. I can imagine that as soon as that normalcy is uh, available to us, it's just going to be a flourish of all these locked up musicians just booking venues and just, uh, you know, just being out there and there's basically being a queue for all these sort of things, which would be a good thing, of course, going back to that. But, uh, I mean, it, it's kind of like sort of you, you must watch, say, the, the NHL or something and go, well, hey, at least these guys can play in front of no crowd and still have it, you know, out there to do their profession. You know, where's the, the hubs in Edmonton for musicians just playing concerts live on TSN or something like that? Come on, make it fair. Yeah, I, I've seen some places do that where venues will have like uh, an artist play on stage, but obviously no one's in there except the crew, but and they'll broadcast it. But again, it's a cool compromise, but it's not quite the same thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. An EP comes out, the debut release is there. The questions are always coming. When's the next one? When's the next one? I mean, do you sort of have a, a trajectory of, of what you're hoping for towards future music christian you're always writing just kind of constantly having those ideas out there that maybe will go towards an album is that maybe not a route you want to take you want to continue down the ep path sort of what's the future looking like with your music now that this ep's out there i think um the next release will probably be a single and it'll be a little more pop and i think i'm sort of gearing towards making some up tempo sort of dancey pop stuff um which i think is really exciting it's fun to write and um i think it'll come together really well um and then an album for sure down the road um probably not too far off um i think i'll put together a full collection of songs fantastic because i mean it's a different i guess landscape now in not just the COVID situation but in terms of music and everything along those lines where traditionally it might just be a straight out hey let's go with the album route and then kind of release some things along those lines but it, it is more of a commonplace now that people are sort of just going the, the ep one and just going along that way because you can just drop a single you can beyonce it can't you and just drop a lemonade style album out of nowhere yeah. or something like that and boom surprise here you go here's my lemonade Exactly. Um, yeah, I wish I, I had the star power of her, but <laughs> I think the effect, but I think the effect is the same. I think you're totally right. It's like, there's kind of no rules. Like there are rules obviously to promote something, but, um, you can, can experiment, which is a really cool thing in this day and age. You can kind of, you know, try to pave your own way. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, um, you can always just switch to a traditional promo campaign. So, um, I think I think that's exciting and there's kind of endless ways you can uh, build hype for your own stuff. So looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to seeing drum and bass country rap. Trust me, I'm holding you out for that, Christian. Uh, I will, I will make it just for you. And if good. you think it's good enough, we'll put it out to the world. Absolutely. Uh, Christian, we like to wrap up all of our interviews with a set of five questions. I mentioned to you off air, there'll be one of these questions that I may have to briefly explain coming from the wonderful world of Australia. But uh, other than that, these are probably going to be the simplest questions you will ever answer in uh, any of these interviews you do in your <laughs> career. Maybe write the songs about these. Who knows? Uh, I'll start off with uh, question number one. Christian, what is your favorite type of cheese? Oh, man. Pecorino. Oh, nice. I like that. I don't think I've ever had that answer before. Give, give us why. Why Pecorino? What, what appeals to you about that? I grew up on it. Uh, we grated it over the pasta. Like my dad, I'm part Sicilian on my dad's side and 
um, that was just a staple and it's just nice. so good. Great. I like it. I always like hearing a new one that I've not had before. I've had, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, oh, it's brie, it's camembert, it's cheddar. We get it. But, you know, bring on bring on the new stuff. I like that. Uh, question number two. Now, I'll explain this to you briefly. We had a fantastic advertising campaign in our country for toilet paper where essentially it asked people whether or not you folded or scrunched your toilet paper when you went to the bathroom. So, uh, Christian, I'm going to ask you the very personal question. <laughs> Are you a folder or a scruncher? I used to be a scruncher, but now I'm a folder. Oh, you converted. Wow. I, okay. I converted. Nice. Was there any particular reason behind the conversion? I guess one day I just I realized it made more sense to fold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that makes sense. That makes sense. A famous quote in our show is, whatever keeps the Vegemite on the toast. And clearly folding... <laughs> worked best for you there so uh i like that uh question number three growing up what was your dream job uh it was honestly probably to be a musician i know that's a, a cop-out but either that or uh, another another classic um to be an astronaut but uh, i think i'm happy with musician yes yes I, I always like hearing sort of those you know astronaut things like that and then i always like to say you can always combine them like it's never too late i feel particularly with like spacex you could perform for elon musk and maybe combine something there and then you could be performing music in space you know tick both the boxes true plus canadian astronaut chris hadfield great exactly. guy yeah. Brought his guitar up to the space station and playing Bowie. Uh, David Bowie, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah, exactly. So you're there right. You yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll approach the CSA. Do it. I think I think that would work. Uh, also, growing up, Christian, who was your childhood celebrity crush? Oh man. Oh man, that's tough. Mm. I guess the first one that comes to mind was probably Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas. Yes. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Let's I go with like Fergie. That. Bit of, bit of my humps. Could we get a cover of that maybe down the road? Or That'd be cool, actually, yeah. <laughs> my humps. I'm going to just ask you, know? <laughs> ask you for tips on what to do next, the hey, drum and bass, the, the yeah, covers. I, I'm happy to, to help. You know, I, I've never, you know, contributed to the music world uh, outside of interviews. So, uh, hey, maybe I need to branch out to some different horizons and you yeah. know, throw some ideas out there. Maybe I've got a hidden talent that I'm just not aware of until today. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. I like this opening it up. Our final question for you today, Christian. What is your worst habit? It's a tough one. Um, worst habit. Hmm. I think I just broke it. Um, <laughs> it was like staring at my phone till the moment I crashed before <laughs> I went to sleep. Nice. It was like the worst way to fall asleep. But now I try to like just read or... Um, just kind of fall asleep naturally. Yeah, and, and how's that going for you? Because I, I, I'd like to get some advice on that too, actually. <laughs> Honestly, so good. Um, I use melatonin all the time and it's like a life changer. Because nice. um, I could just never shut off my mind. I'm sure everyone yeah. can't, but um, yeah, I give it a try. It's all life changing. Right. That sounds good. I would do that. Christian, mate, it's been a lot of fun. Of course, the debut EP Handshake is out now, available on all good streaming platforms. Before I let you go, mate, shout out uh, Instagram, Twitter. Give a, give a shout out to our listeners today where they can uh, follow you on all the social channels. Yeah, you can find me uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Christian Tropiano Music. 
Beautiful. Hit him up. Follow him on there. Stay up to date and keep an eye out for when those drum and bass uh, songs do get released. Christian, mate, thanks for joining us on The Brink. It's been a lot of fun and uh, we'll get you back on again soon and we'll uh, talk a little bit more about some of these songs coming out in the future. Sounds great, Ben. Thanks so much for having me. We haven't had this man on in some time, so let's have him on right now. Let's cue the music. find out that Jesus is still all right with Joshua Shoebridge. Josh, it's a pleasure to speak to you in another year of The Brink. Welcome back. No, thank you. And I, I'm glad that that song really still sticks, even though that like what we were talking off uh, about off, off the mic before about group identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which we don't um, agree. <laughs> are you, do you still follow? Do you still follow DC talk? How, how are DC talk doing recently? Yeah, it's funny. I haven't actually listened to any of their songs since oh, you made the intro music. Wow. <laughs> see, see, they just, it just always reminds you of that ad in the 90s, right, where they're there and they're like, I'm Tommy Mac and I'm such and such and boxed up bow tie and then they just start rapping about Jesus still being all right with them. So Yeah, you know what's interesting though? They actually came, they came out with a book called uh, Jesus Freaks. Uh, I think it was mid 2000s uh, I, I remember i owned the book probably still doing my mum's house but the uh what what i found it, it was a really good book about different christian martyrs and that sort of thing like historical christian martyrs and that's just something I, I find really interesting is is the historical figures like in early christianity and that sort of thing because they're, they're all different to what you think of you know like the ned flanders of today like these people were awesome <laughs> like i actually just recently i think it was in the last few months it was just before christmas uh, uh, uh someone told me about this story that happened during the council of nicaea and so the council of nicaea for those who don't know is the the main council of religious leaders in rome uh just uh after i think it was after or before the death of constantine where they decided what was in the bible and what was not in the bible and there, it was at a point in time, this uh, bishop by the name of Nicholas gets up, walks across the room and slaps this other bishop in the face. That Nicholas is now Santa Claus. That is St. Oh, Nicholas. Cool. Nice. So, <laughs> so to, to know that it, <laughs> he got, he, apparently he got up across the room and completely, they say slap, but apparently he quite, he belted the guy. Uh, I, I, I don't know the story fully off the top of my head, but it's, it, it's, it was about uh, doctrinal issues. And he felt that, so that compelled that this person was being such a dick. He just got up and belted him in the face. So basically during... back in the day, it wasn't Cole. It was a slap to the face. If little Johnny being naughty, essentially, you know, just hey. smack him around a little bit when you could. Hey. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And no one's crying out for... Okay, what a next subject. Yeah, well, I, one thing I wanted to point out, Josh, now that it is 2021, um, I do believe it is 10 years since you went and returned on your little uh, two-year trip uh, around Australia. Am I, am I mistaken or am I... Was that... No, you left in 2011 to go do that. When did all that no, happen? I feel you no, left I... the brink around 2010, 2011, didn't you? Uh, it was uh, January 20, 2011. Uh, 2011. Was it? It was around then, I feel. Because uh, you came back to the brink in 2012 and then left to move to New South Wales. So yeah, no, 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 no. So I came back a week before Christmas 2012. Right. No, 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 no. Doesn't make sense. 
Now you, you were definitely no, no. on the brink at the beginning of 2012, and then you said like no, 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 no. So I, yeah, so back to New yeah, South it was Wales. 2010, 2010 yep. to 20, 2012. There you go. So, so I knew it was yeah, around about here. Yeah, so. but I came. So, but I came back early for Christmas. So it was 2011 when I got home. Um, and I think it was just after Christmas we came back to the brink. You did. Was it you, not? Sam, yeah. and I, we, we did all the promo stuff 2012 and then we did all the, the brink Olympics and all that kind of fun stuff. And then you buggered off in like March or something like that, I think, from memory. So, um, yes, yeah. that's correct. So it's, yes. it's, 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 I mean, this is the history of this show, right? Like being around for a lot longer than that. We're, we're approaching 20 years in like three years. That's, that's scary. Um, so we've known each other for over 20 years. We have now. Well, this year, no, no, that's not true. Two thousand two, we met Josh, grade nine, grade eight. Great, it was totally grade nine, wasn't it? I swear it was grade eight. Was it grade eight? Well, okay, well, twenty years this it year. Happy twentieth anniversary. It's <laughs> <laughs> twenty years. I thought it was grade nine. Maybe. I can't remember now. <laughs> It, was, it just, wasn't grade I, seven. Do, do you know? What's, you know what's funny though? I, I I remember how we met. Yes. Yeah. Yes, sitting on the fence yep. while they were playing. Is it pigeon squash? Pigeon squash. Pigeon. No pigeon. It was. It was not pigeon. He was. He called it yeah, pigeon. Pridge, pridge, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you had a cut on your leg, and then I asked about. No, that. no, I hurt my knee. Right. Okay. I had uh, that. Uh, I was still recovering from an injury. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And you just didn't want to play. No. Well, I. Well, I mean, I was the the shit kicker. That everyone like kicked the shit out of me and just didn't like. I was never included in anything. I was the bullied kid that just sat in the sidelines. Right. And I think from memory that was. Um, so this is where I think it was grade nine because I remember being in grade nine like I was in a separate health class to all my friends. So I was literally like the bottom of the barrel. I Actually, think- no, I think you are correct there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, I got there. I came through in the first half of term one. Yeah, because Miss Triffitt was. was a teacher and Miss Triffitt used to always like hang out with me because I had no friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, so and, I, then, like- and then we became and then we became friends and then we mm. did stuff in the library. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good old days of uh, <laughs> library monitors. Jeez, we had a great oh. reputation back in the day, didn't we? Um, well, I was in the debating team and in the electronics class. Hey, I well, okay. I, I, I think I went to join the debating team, but I never did. Um, yeah. Do you, know, do you know who's just reached out to me recently? That Who, Josh? Who reached out to you? Uh, Philip Van Emmerich. Oh, yeah. He's, I'm still yeah, friends he- on Facebook. Yeah, he commented on something of mine recently. I think I think it was when I had my ugly sweater at Christmas. I had my Jurassic Park ugly sweater, and he was like, "Oh my god, where did you get that from?" So, yeah, I freaking love that sweater. I watched Jurassic Park the other night, actually. Well, as you should. I mean, it should just be something you just watch all the time. It's a good movie. It's a. Excuse me. It's an amazing movie. It's the greatest movie of all time. No, no. What is your favorite movie? Is it Star Wars? Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back. Okay, right. And However, it, though, it, 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 Empire Strikes it, it's my favorite, you know, like genuine movie. However, my favorite movie that I would go back to every few years or so is actually Blood Diamond. Oh. I don't know why. I quite like the movie. It's a Where good does, movie. I like the story. And it's just a non-mainstream favorite movie. Where does Kill Phil rank in your top movies of all time? Oh, mate, that's... Uh... <laughs> Next, <laughs> fun fun story for you. Speaking of Killfield, sort of back on our childhood days, and I believe this guy did come on the brink at certain points. I think he was in our journalism class. We might have done radio with this, uh, Mr. Sebastian, uh, our good friend. Um, I I happened oh, yes. to I happened to be on a on a pen pal website. Been on it for years. Um, you know, on and off, just whatever. And I I checked it for the first time the other day, and 
somebody had like looked at my profile from Hobart. I'm like, okay. So then you click on the city of Hobart. I just have a scroll through, like why not check to see who's on this site from my home city. Sebastian is on this page. And now Sebastian is like two or three years older than us, isn't he, from memory? Like, isn't he like... He's a couple of years older. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's claiming his age is 27 on this website. <laughs> Just to point out. If anybody's listening and happens to come across this weird-looking half-German dude on Interpals, um, he's not 27. Um, and his profile is just, it's very Sebastian. Uh, but we're not meant to call him Sebastian. What, do you, what, do we, what does he like? No, he doesn't like being called Seb. Isn't yeah, it? and I still do. Right. Yeah, that guy was a, he was a weird customer. He he was, I, uh, like, I don't like. He, he, was, he, yeah. he was nice enough. He was. Like, but. Yeah. Arena. Um, couple of, were you couple there of, for, for was What was I there for? What? Was it you or was it Sam? Like we, we were standing, this is at EC. Was this the Danny Minogue story? Oh, you know, Danny, it was Danny Minogue, not, not, not Tina Arena. It was Danny yeah. Minogue. What are you listening yeah. to? Danny Minogue. <laughs> Sam tells that story all the time. He loves that story. <laughs> yep. 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 Oh um, man. <laughs> yeah. I was actually, I was thinking about those like days the other day. Cause um, I've been, we watched a bit of Lano and Woodley recently and fuck Cole reminds me of Medzi. Like it's just, I can't watch uh, Lano and Woodley without thinking of Medzi. And he popped up. Somebody popped oh, up. Yeah. Cause I'm friends with Medzi on Facebook. I'm sure you are too, but it popped yeah. up the other day. Like he got tagged enough. Cause he doesn't post much, but he got tagged. No, he was his daughter. Yeah. He was his daughter. He I hasn't aged much, Medzi. Like he's got a bit of grey, I think, but he's he's looking good. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know what he's doing. I think he's still teaching. I don't know. He was uh, assistant prin. Didn't he like make up the ranks a little bit at EC? Didn't he become assistant principal? I wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. If anyone's listening to this and is just thinking we're just like like legitimately we wouldn't be here today doing this if it wasn't for Medzi. This is the guy who got us on radio. So he was no, our journalism he, teacher he, back He, in he drove us there in his it was it was his Beamer or Mercedes. It was a I can't remember, car. but it, like can we just talk about inappropriate <laughs> conversations having with a teacher? We're we're 17, right? We're 17 getting driven to the radio station. We'd be driving down the street and there'd be some like attractive girl in a school uniform to which this guy, I mean, what meds he was in his forties, maybe early fifties. He'd basically give us a bit of a nudge. Hey fellas, what do you think about her? She's got some good legs. <laughs> like looking back <laughs> at it now, incredibly inappropriate. Um, when, when we went, to, it was either the seat when we saw Troy or when we saw uh, the day after tomorrow at the cinema <laughs> and you were like, Oh, I wouldn't mind me. And he's like, shut the F up. Benny. No, that was, that was, that was day after tomorrow. Cause I, I had bought it that morning. I was late to class and he's like, why are you late to class Benny? And it's like, oh, I just went and bought the day after tomorrow. Right. Everyone to the, to the filming room. We're watching the day after tomorrow. Like sweet. And it was the scene when Emmy Rossum's character hugs Jake Gyllenhaal. And I was sitting next to Medzi and I basically like nudged him. And I'm like, oh yeah, you wouldn't mind a bit of that Medzi. And like at the top of his like, ah, shut the fuck up, Benny. And they're like, everybody in the class. <laughs> but the, the best memory I have of him like was um, we, we were like, we'd come to class after lunch. We, we'd started doing our work. You know, I think we're in the computer room. Everyone's quiet doing their work. And like out of nowhere, you hear, you hear Medzi like dead silent. Ah, oh, fuck. Benny outside. <laughs> You're like, what? And like he takes, he takes you outside and he's like, oh, Benny, Benny, I fucked up. Benny, Benny, I fucked up. And you're like, Medzi, Medzi, what? What's going on? It's like, we were fucking meant to go to that fucking Chinese lunch today to cover it for the fucking newsletter. Fuck, Benny, fuck, I'm fucked up. And you're like, I'm like, holy crap. Oh, fuck it. We'll just write something about him later. Who cares? Get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Maggie was awesome. Best teacher I've ever had was Maggie. But in all seriousness, like hilarious, but actually like a really good teacher. Like that was one of those classes that you never wanted to miss. Like you got so much work done. Everything was fun. Like we all got yeah, like well, that, high grades. It, yeah, it was amazing. And and that was the thing about that class is like, yeah, there was stuff you had to do. Like it wasn't a it wasn't a, a cruisy class by no. any means. Yeah. But we went there, we got the job done. And at the end of the day, we were, we were like, did we just do work? Yeah. Well, it was <laughs> yeah, we fun. Did. And like we went, we went on that camp up to Coles Bay, um, you know. Which we, I have no idea how them, how that had anything to do with curriculum at Med, all. Medzi had a shack up there and wanted to show it off. Um, basically, um, yeah, that was fun. And what did we make that? Three Days with Meds documentary, the precursor. I rewatched, the- I rewatched that on YouTube the other day. Uh, it's actually sad watching that now that we've lost Ben. Um, I don't know if we talked too much about him sadly passing away on this show. Did no, you know I didn't know who. Ben who Clark. What? Yeah, Ben Clark died uh, about a year ago. Did you Did you not know that? I did not know that. Yeah, no. I think what well, I think I mentioned a little bit on the show last year because um, you know, my memories of Ben was that uh, I think I knew him from hockey days and then ultimately like high school into college. But um, he was one of the um, was he not our original partner when we were on EC? Was it no? We had Sebastian, but then when we would cover, I would often would get Ben on. I knew I knew I did a lot of EC radio. With we, ben. we 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 jumped around. We our know, three covers were at the time uh, it was Ben, uh, Peter Wallhead, or um, Sebastian or Haggai. Seba- we did stuff with Haggai you know, too, didn't we? I think he was like no, he was meant to be in our group. Mm. I yeah. think he only came on like once or twice, and then it ended up just being me and you. Yeah. But then I ended up. I was always like the the backup. I was always the one they would get if they needed something. And then I and then Peter mm. and I would do the holiday covers basically. But no, we did a bit with Ben. I've still got. I think maybe the oldest recording I've got of any of our days back then. It's it's myself, Ben, and Lucy uh, on the show. So I think I actually from memory played a bit of that clip of Ben last year. But no, Ben Ben sadly died. Uh, yeah, about a year ago. I mean, I know he had epilepsy. I, I know he had some other conditions and stuff like that. But. Mm. Um, you know, we, we had a lot well, of fun sad. with that. That's sad. Yeah. That's sad. There's a few, too many people were losing at the moment. I think that's, it's just going to accelerate as we get older, which sucks, but it is, it is what it is. But yeah, at the end of the yeah, that that is sad. Uh, you know, it's funny. I'm talking about kids that we went to school with. Um, just, I like looking at old news stories. I actually came across uh, Stavros Papadopoulos. Oh yeah. And, yep. and I, and the, uh, the judges sentencing comments, Mm. Whoa, that's messed up. Yeah, for, for some background, if people don't know what we're talking about, a, a guy we went to high school with in our class, he uh, he, he ended up basically uh, what, murdering someone. There's no other way around yeah, it. Yeah, um, yeah, he, he, he murdered someone and he is a uh, long time 25, in jail. Yeah. 25 year non parole period life in jail. However, the guy that, they, that he got sentenced with. Hmm. is now out oh okay i heard a lot like i I don't really want to go into a lot of details on air like i knew so like we knew um somebody who dated his brother for a long time and she filled me in a lot of supposedly what happened and everything like it's it's not a fun story to learn but um no no it's not (laughs) it's um we had some interesting people we knew clearly uh back in good old hobart and we'll just keep it that way do you remember elsa getting in 
Yes, I do. I do remember Elsa. She, she is, if you want to talk about success, she is one of the most successful, uh, I don't want to say missionary in the way of church missionary, in mm. service missionary. She is always back and forth between these third world countries doing stuff. And you see it on Facebook all the time, just like, wow, like how much effort she puts into it. No, that, that, uh, and you look at, uh, who else did I saw the other day? Uh, Patrick Webb. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's doing this amazing career in photography and cinematography. Oh. Cinematography, and it's, it's some of the stuff, some of the things that, that people that we knew back in the day, and what they're doing today is just like you wouldn't have thought about it back in high school. And here we are sitting around doing this crap still. So um, go for it. Actually, and on that note. I'd like a bone to pick with our former high school, Newtown High. Like, they're getting a bit old active on social media, getting into these trends. Good on you, NTHS. They're looking all hip and cool. I'd like to see that they shared a post recently where they were like, oh, congratulations to class of 2016 alum, blah, 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 who's got a podcast and good on him. Okay, what are, what are we, chop liver? Two Newtown boys right now doing this well, There was something I heard, I heard about Newtown High School the other day. They're becoming, uh, I don't want to say co-ed. No, it's oh, okay. They are. They are. Yeah, no, them, Ogilvy and-, and Elizabeth are all merging together basically to form. Uh, so I believe there's going to be no state single-sex schools in Tasmania anymore. So, yeah, no. that's true. Yep. And um, they're, they're also building uh, extra buildings on campus to cater for year 11 and 12. Mm. Yeah, no, I think like I think that was always the plan. I think that when um, mm. Hodgman started, you know, doing these regional schools, the long-term goal was always to make Tasmania into, I guess, catch up with the rest of Australia. And, like, look, I wouldn't have had it any other way. I enjoyed that no. experience of having 11 and 12 separate. But at the same time, it makes complete sense to keep like seven to twelve. I mean, it, there's no reason to have it separate. So, um, it it makes sense. It's it's no different to like remember back when we had three terms and now they've got four terms. Like I used to always want four terms. Yeah, and uh, you know. Oh, see, I I came from four terms to three terms. Yeah, I, I and it was and it was freaking weird. But then, like once we got into year ten and upwards, it was like finishing in like late late October, early November. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, okay. I can dig this. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I think like I, I heard like like a year and a half ago, whenever it was, that this was going to be a thing that they're going to merge them and then they sort of announced it maybe six months ago or whatever. And, it, and it's kind of weird that like, because I mean, for a background for people listening to this again who know nothing about the Hobart school system or kind of these schools we're talking about, we went to Newtown High School, which in Tasmania is year 7 to 10. It was an all-boys school. It was a state school. It wasn't a private school. And then sort of our sister school was Ogilvy, year 7 to 10, all girls. We were, what, within a couple hundred metres of each other. You know, one was here, one was there. But Ogilvy basically... (laughs) Yeah. They treated and, and, themselves like they yeah. were a private school and that, like, you shouldn't look at a girl and, like, you know, like, they protected species and even though you had friends and all that. And I, okay, I get it. Like, teenage boys should well, be What, what I girls, thought was but... funny was is when I first, when I first got to, to Newtown, I think it was the deputy principal at the time. I can't remember his name. Mr. Corbett? He was telling Yeah, it was Miss Corbett. I story you're talking about here, yeah. Where, where he goes, uh, like, we finish it. 20 past three. Oh no. What time did we, we finish? finish at it was three. Like th- they finished three? at three thirty. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, and it was like, just so the, the boys weren't mingling with the girls. And in my mind, I'm like, that gives us half an hour to make ourselves presentable. To- <laughs> <laughs> no, because we like, I would get there in the morning and we'd walk our friends to like school. We'd walk them to Ogilvy, but then it got to the point where like we'd hug them goodbye, but you'd have the teachers on watch on like the street, like yelling at you. Like you'll get after school detention. If you hug that girl, 
fuck, it's my friend. I'm going to hug her. And then there was the, the, the story I think it was Mr. Corbett were basically like he saw a Newtown boy get into a car with an Ogilvy girl and basically like went up and was like going off. Like, what are you doing? Why are you get in the car? Parent got out of the car and was like, these are my children. They're brother and sister. Like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Um, so that's messed up. Yeah, I think Ogilvy just had like this power over Newtown where they were like, no, get your boys away from our girls, and they would just do whatever they wanted. Whereas now they're, they're messing them all up. Like, I mean, how, are they going to mix up like the maroon and brown with blue and gold? And how's that going to look for a uniform? And then Elizabeth is basically just going to go the way of the dodo. Like, what's happening there? Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with that campus. It's a decent sized campus. I. <laughs> They, from what I understand, is that they were transforming a lot of the college systems into a TAFE sort of yeah, yeah. style, either an academic sort of system or a uh, like a vet sort of, you know, like a trade. Which I love trade that school. about Elizabeth, though. Like I love that facility they had, and I love the location. Like that was what was so great about Elizabeth College is that we were what ten minutes down into the city, and like you just exactly like you, yeah. you finish lunch and like I got nothing else on for the rest of the day. Yeah, let's go down the mall. Yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth Mall, hang out with all the bogans. Um, uh, the ones yeah. who didn't go to school or were meant to go to Claremont College. When, when was the last time you were in Hobart? The last time I was in Hobart is almost four years ago. Wow. So, you, so I was there just over a year ago and, and I hadn't been there in like 18 months, which is obviously nowhere near as long as you have. But like... Again, doesn't change that much, but there there are so many things that like you notice, like when you're coming off the Tasman Bridge to drive down into the city, like along the Brooker Highway, there's now that giant yeah. like uh, centennial bridge that crosses from the aquatic center across to the um, the cenotaph. You're like straight away, the holy fuck, giant bridge is now in this city. Um, and then also over the ABC roundabout, they've built like a pedestrian walkway, a big one over the, the highway. So things like that stand out to you. Like, holy crap, Hobart's changed. Everything else, everything the same. Oh yeah, no. What was it that, that got me was um, the the evolution of Cat and Fiddle Arcade. Mm, that that mm-hmm. really got me, and oh, yeah. and the the walkway that used to be, used to be between the hospital and yep yep one of the other no 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 the, no the car park. no 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 not that one the one that used to go from harris scarf to the car park oh yeah yeah yep that one and then that got moved and i think they moved the that that particular walkway from the hospital to the car park they well they they renovate so what they did there is because they like made that car park really fancy the argyle street one they built like a woolies in there and like it's all you know fancy mm. like, so they added kind of extra things and it's sort of it's a it's a different walkway now but um the one thing I will say, like when I was there last, having lived in Invercargill, uh, you know, 50,000 people shithole of a town in New Zealand to go to Hobart and all of a sudden feel like Hobart was a big city. That was a weird feeling. <laughs> all of a sudden be in Hobart. And like, Fuck, this place isn't small at all. <laughs> like, See, I, I, I really enjoy the fact that I, I live in a rural town now. I lived in Norfolk. Like going <laughs> to Hobart was like it was going to the city. So I've always had that feeling, and and then I remember like when I was in year eleven and year twelve, like I could walk from college to my house, hmm. and that was cool. When that was like, and, and, and like you could walk, and that was at the other end of the city. Yeah, literally the other end of the city. The thing, the thing I will say, like, it, it's interesting when you live in a place like Hobart. Um, you know, you feel you're like in the smallest place in the world. Nothing happens. You want nothing more than to get out of there, right? And then once once you do eventually escape, because like the thing is, living in the city like Hobart, it does have that attitude of being able to suck you in and feel like you can never leave. 
Um, mm. But once you leave and then you go back and visit it, like you really do appreciate where you grow up. You like I, I used to hate Hobart. I, I would say I lived in hell. Like like what am I doing here? But now it's a complete opposite. I'm as proud as punch to say I'm from there. Uh, I will gladly own that I love my home city. Um, would I ever live there again? Probably not. <laughs> um, but like, see, see, I, yeah. I would probably retire there. Like I wouldn't, I yeah, wouldn't mind maybe. retiring there. I, 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 but saying that at the same time, I, I did miss working in the theaters there. That, that was like best times of my life working in the theaters there. Uh, but oh, I'll tell you what, seeing seeing the post I tagged you in on Facebook of oh, yeah. Shane Warne yes. the musical oh, with a uh, with, with uh, it, it's not just Hammers. You got Scotty Farrow in there as well. I don't you I don't know if you know the name him. rings a bell. Yeah, but he was he was in the second iteration of uh, Back to the Eighties, the right, one okay. they did up at um at at Mount Nelson. Yeah, yeah. When that was so the second time I worked on the show and he he played the the the, the adult version of the main character. And he is just one he, he's in that group of people, Chris Hamley, Andrew Casey, Scott Farrow and they they would they're just the nicest people you could meet. Oh yeah. Andrew Casey and then Chris Chris Hamley obviously two very big friends of this show, constant um guest appearances and and everything along those lines. And I've been enjoying watching um, Andrew with uh, John X on that uh, Tasmanian news channel on Facebook. Quite funny. I don't know if you sort of follow those sort of things. That no, I funny. didn't even know it existed. I have to check uh, it out. Look, it- look it up. Like if you if you find Andrew or John X on, on Facebook, it's I can't remember. I think it's just called Tasmanian News. It's just like a Facebook comedy channel where they just have like this mock 24-hour news channel. It's, it's fucking hilarious. That's it's awesome. A, I'll check that out because it was so funny though because um because I was quite close with Andrew. Um, it was I was actually on my mission when his um, partner passed away, mm. which is really really tragic. Andrea was a, a, yeah. another person gone too soon. A lovely lady, nicest person ever. But I was watching. Uh, I was going through Stan the other day, looking at movies. And I will go Australian movies, and this one called and it's like uh, the big freeze or something. Oh, Arctic remember. Blast. Arctic then, Blast. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah. And, oh, great movie. And, and, and I've just gone, I've turned it on, I've watched it like first five minutes. Andrew. Fucking Andrew Casey. Yep. Yep. What the hell? That's Nick Falk. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm going there. I'm like, I know that person. I know that person. I, yep. I've worked with these people. I'm like, that's, I got into that movie. That's Carmel College. Because <laughs> we, we had um, Sarah Cooper, who runs obviously Cooper Screen Academy. She was a big time guest on our, this show. She would come on all the time. And she told me about this. And I remember what, like getting it. I think we sold it at Sanity. So I might have bought it. I've still got it. And it's just like an end mm. of the world movie where the end of the world is happening in Hobart. Like there's that sequence where they're running down Elizabeth Street. They're running into like the Theatre Royal Hotel, like freezing to death and dying. And it had um, the dude from Stargate in it, Canadian actor. Can't remember his name. Yeah. Robert Mamone, who I knew from Home and Away. We'd had it on the show. Um, and it had um, the girl I had the crush on from Home and Away. It was Indiana Evans was in it. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, like it's 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 it is a terrible movie, but like it's a, it's an end of the world movie set in Hobart that had a bit of a budget. Like this isn't kill feel end of the world. This is like proper end of the world. It, 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 it was a rip off to the day after the pretty party. much. It wasn't it was like there was like some Arctic thing that was coming from. Why is it called Arctic Blast when it's coming from Antarctica? I don't know. Beca- because it was an <laughs> literally an Arctic Blast. Yeah, that's the actual name of the the weather phenomenon. But it's um oh it was just the the acting was awesome. The the, the special effects. Oh my goodness, that was it's, so bad. It's so interesting going over <laughs> these memories because like again we're probably losing a lot of our listeners right now. Not that we have many to start with, but I mean, but you know it's you it, know it, what. Though, this do. is He's what happens guy. on on uh, the Joe Rogan podcast. He gets another comedian on, and they talk about 
the stuff that you would know if you were in the know, like talking about backstage at the improv or something like that. And you're like, I'm laughing because laughter is contagious, but I have no idea what's going on. The thing I think too, that, I mean, one thing with this show, no matter where we are in our history and, and I mean, look, I apologize profusely for any of our listeners who kind of, oh, well, where is the brink happening? The brink's happening like once every six months now. We're obviously not as sporadic as, uh, as, sorry, constant as we used to be. But, I mean, we're always going to be around in some capacity uh, and sort of our history is obviously long and hold. And again, as I said, we're approaching 20 years, which is scary. But no matter where we are in the world, I mean, I'm speaking in Canada. Josh is in New South Wales. We're as far away from Hobart as you probably can be. We're always going to be rooted in Hobart. That's where we started. That's where we were. That's where we were a breakfast show. That's where we had all our history. So, like, yeah, And then to, we own it. And we yeah, own it hard. To go over these memories and kind of look at this and like, you know, we, we I, I like to hold much pride in the guests we've had on this show you know we've had you know thousands of guests on this show from from the biggest names to the littlest names but like i always like to kind of see what happens to these people and where they go on to and it's it's great when you like tag me in a post like that there's chris hamley doing shame on the musical talking about like andrew casey (laughs) doing things like that and just the people who have had on the show over the years and the things that they've done um you know and the thing that i will say too like you know we've had a varying history with edge radio but like I'll always be grateful for the opportunity that Edge Radio gave us to even enable us to have a platform. And it's always interesting to see where they're at in their history as well. They're never the same as they were when we first started. I mean, you know. No, because it, 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 that's the thing. We were talking about it before uh, about how, and, and this is no drag on, I honestly don't know where they're at currently. I haven't looked and researched. But the the evolution of Edge Radio is basically changed from being this, you know, this up-and-coming uh, uh independent radio station and then that sort of overtook them in, in this sort of, they, they took a political platform. Well, it wasn't even that. I, I wouldn't even necessarily go that far. I, I would just say, and, you know, I don't want to come on air and shame and all the things I know about what happened, but I think Edge mm. never was the same when Chris Johnson left. I mean, it was his baby, Chris, you know, no matter what, like we we had very interesting interactions with Chris over the years. <laughs> but um, yes, the, the phone call, <laughs> like fucking you would do a segment and let, let's go to the next song. Boom, red light flashing on the desk. And you're like, fuck, did I say something good or bad? And then you'd pick the phone up. That was the best segment ever. You guys are great. You should be on national radio. Woo, keep it up to... Fuck that was shit. You guys are terrible. You're on a thin rope. Say one more thing like that, and you're never on air again. Um, but like, you needed that. I feel you needed yeah. that. Chris, like, just he 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 is Edge Radio, and I don't think he's been with Edge now probably for 15 years. But um, you know, he 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 took that from nothing. You know, he, he it won the the national best community station in all of Australia. You know, it was up there in the those early days we were there. It was as prominent as as CFM and HOFM were at the time. It was great, and sadly, when he left, it just it was never the same. Um, and it's great that it's still going. I know it's still operating. I know it's still kind of got a, a it's cult little following and people, you know, will never want to see it go. And I hope it lasts you know, for as long as we're alive. But, um, yeah, you know. It, it, it made me think about it because journey. I remember when Ned Radio first started up, I know for a fact that Tim Medwin was on the board. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He was we, we, we were on, we were basically six months removed from the beginning of Edge. So, like, we, like, I like to think that you and I were some of the OGs and we very nearly were. Like, I mean, I think we started basically when Edge was about six months old because it started like yeah, in 2003. It was, it, so it, it, it kind of, we were very close to the beginning of Edge. Um, so 
yeah and it's it's kind of interesting to see some of the you know things that people have gone on to do and, and everything along those lines but um i i know that if i ever move back to hobart i, I would gladly get involved with edge again if they would have me. <laughs> Don't know if they so would. would. <laughs> so, so would I. So would I. It'd be fun though. And I'm just, I'm just looking at the board of management at the moment, and I'm not seeing any it's names. It's unrecognisable now. I think once Alistair left, I couldn't tee anyone on that board anymore. Uh, uh, Rob, Rob Galepsi. I think I know him. I've heard that and name. I think, I think I, he might have been around when I was there. That name does. And I know Magella Eels uh, only because she's from the Salvos. Um, but that's about it. Anyone <laughs> listening from Edge, I'm sure no one even cares about the Brink anymore. We haven't been on air as the Brink in like six years. Uh, we're long forgotten about. We were forgotten about when we were on air, let's be honest. Um, but <laughs> hello to everyone listening. Josh, I'm, 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 so, I'm, I'm seeing who's taking our, our – I want to see who's taking our uh, – uh, what's a uh, uh, Slot? Time slot. Which one? <laughs> oh, diddly skiddly breakfast with Adam. Is that a daily show or are they back to their five separate ones each day? I don't know. So that's Monday. Um, Tuesday. Because I still feel we're the only ones who ever were a five day a week, like when we eventually went five days a week. I think we might be the only My vinyl weighs a ton with Bruno. Oh, that's still uh, on. That's a Breakfast long on the Edge. <laughs> which was kind of around. That's on tuesdays yeah wednesdays is it still seven uh, to nine or have they changed their time slots uh, no it, i think it, it, it is multi-day so diddly diddly skiddly breakfast is again seven to nine on wednesdays so he's a monday and a wednesday so, so we're giving okay. some uh breakfast on the edge seven to nine on thursday okay and then uh, the morning routine on friday seven see, to nine see if i have to say a slot we got moved around so much but if i own a slot if i mentally say the slot that is the Brinks, it's a Friday morning. Friday morning was our slot because exactly we started. So when we were jab schoolies, we were Monday lunchtime for a long time. Then we got moved to a Thursday lunchtime. Mm, I want to say no, it wasn't. Lunchtime. It wasn't lunchtime. It wasn't lunchtime. It was after school. Um, it was. Oh no, from, we started on a. We started after school. Then we went it, to Monday lunch. It was Friday we, four yeah. till five. That no, you're right. You're right. So we were we were jab schoolies. Then we took a couple of months off when we came back as the brink. Then we were Monday lunchtimes because that was Anthony That's and it. I. Then when we got moved to Friday mornings, Anthony left. You came back. And yep. then we had Thursday and Friday. They offered us a Thursday and a Friday. We eventually cut Thursday, kept Friday. We were like Friday mornings for like three or four years. And I think I picked up a Monday and a Friday and then eventually they made us five days a week. So mm. that's yeah. our history. <laughs> so welcome everyone to the history of the brink. And then through that, I like the fucking qualifying yeah. lap or the F1 show, we were Monday afternoons when I had Survivor Oz on there. That was a Tuesday afternoons. Then when I came back and did high noon, that was Monday to Friday lunchtime. But then I couldn't handle doing five days a week all of a sudden. So I just went to Monday lunchtime. So or was it, no, it was Friday and, lunchtime. And, and mind Friday. you, though, we also have our extracurricular shows that we've done. Like I've done my, my tabletop wall gaming shows yep. you've done. The I did uh, Sylvia Enjoyment. I did the adult show late in a Sunday night. Got to talk about sex yep. for a couple of hours. That was fun. Um, we had the best of the brink on a Saturday morning at one point for about six months. I just played the best of us for six. You know, good old history. And then I, I exactly part of hosting um, falls broadcasts. I did uh, election broadcasts. You were with me. We did the election. Remember the election twenty? Oh, was that Anthony? No, that was Anthony. Sorry, but that was fun. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I've done my own election stuff. Um, you have. And. I am toying with the idea of doing my own political show coming up soon. I'll be down. I'll come on with that. Uh, Royal Hobart Show Broadcast. They were always some fun. I, I helped you with that. I helped they you with that. They were always a lot of fun. Uh, didn't we, we do? 
Didn't we do um, AgFest at one point? No, I never did AgFest. I, I can never never say I was part of an AgFest broadcast. But, um, I mean, I, I was with that station for... I started 2004, ended 2017, although I technically sort of that 2016 uh, period I was off air when I was working full time. But, um, mm. yeah, no, I, I, I say I was with them for 13 years. So, um, hello, Edge. That's a, uh, Good uh, memories. Yeah. You know, he's good memories, and we're probably with that. Oh, I'm going to have to leave. Well, I was going to say I'm going to let you go, Josh, yeah. because I was. Yeah. Gonna, we've, we've been here for like 35 minutes. We've come back. This is great. We're reminiscing. Haven't even gotten controversial. That's good. Uh, before I let you go, <laughs> um, say something controversial. Say something Josh-esque. Oh, Josh-esque. Um, I'm a Trump supporter. Okay, so that's you- that's Josh-esque. No, no, no. I, I to, to be honest, I, I, um, I'm going to say something quite off the main right side. Yay, uh, congratulations to Biden for winning the election. However, I'm also going to be like, I I hold every politician, you should know, you know me, I hold every politician to the same level of standard. You do the right thing, I go, yeah, you do the wrong thing, I go, boo. And I'm going to do the same thing with Biden. However, however, when you've got Jim Carrey who can play you on Saturday Night Live and look on point, you have to ask yourself a question. Is that the look that you want to have going into a serious political office? I'm being serious on that. Well, look, if I had Jim Carrey impersonate <laughs> me, I would be a happy man. So I, I uh, don't know if that's the right. But no, you, you've got you've got a point there, Josh. You've exactly. So that, that um, is my political feelings. And and uh, to everyone who, who took out GameStop stuff, <laughs> I love you. We're going to get you back on to explain that. And we say this every time we have you on the show, Josh. We're going to make this more regular Let's try and make that a thing from now on. Josh, thank you as always for coming back on the show. No, thank you, many. It is the brink, and one segment that we often do on this show is we talk to one man about Canada and stuff. And this week we got him back and we've brought someone else because this might be a backdoor pilot of something. We don't know yet. Um, let's cue this music. Oh, Canada, because I can't think of anything else to play. Uh, first of all, it's Uncle Colin Hilding. Uncle Colin, welcome back to the show. <laughs> Thank you, nephew Dan. Ah, <laughs> oh, finally I've achieved peak life. And speaking of nephews, it's the only time I'm ever allowed to have somebody under the age of 18 on this show with his un- uncle on the show to supervise. Uh, Patrick Clarson is on the show. Patrick, welcome to the program. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad I reached out to you. Thank you. You are. I'm glad that you reached out and made this happen. Um, basically. So I, I blame you for this. Uh, but it's exciting because you want to talk about hockey because when we get uncle Colin on, we often talk about hockey, but you want to talk about hockey more because I think you, like hockey more. I don't know if Uncle Colin gets offended by <laughs> I that. I don't so. know. Uh, why, tell tell me, Patrick, what brought about this desire to talk about hockey? Well, I with this COVID stuff going on, I just I'm just bored all the time, and I <laughs> like I need someone to talk about hockey other side other than my brother. Because every time we talk about hockey, we're like keep arguing over who's better, Matthews yeah. or Line A. That guy's but a honestly, douche. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But honestly, like to settle this argument about Matthews over Line A, Matthews has more points than Line A, and he's played less games than him. That's sorry, so every that year. The ar- so I think that sells the argument right there. But right? can I ask one question? Did Line A get COVID? 
Yeah. Okay. So Matthew's did weak immune system. <laughs> but you see, Matthew's got COVID and still got more points than Line A. So that says well, even more. True. Exactly. That's and also, true. Toronto is a bigger city than Winnipeg. So, you know, yes, there's more of a chance to catch Toronto COVID. Toronto also are about as successful as Winnipeg. So, you <laughs> can't really compare the two. Um, well, I mean, they both have not won the Stanley Cup. So. Yeah, like th- we could combine all our ages right now and add all those years together and <laughs> there probably still wouldn't be anything there. Uh, I mean, Pat, we're going to talk a little bit, I think, about our backgrounds on hockey here, kind of as an introduction. Patrick, before we talk about your introduction uh, to hockey and all that kind of jazz, who who are, who are is your team? Are you, a, are you a Leafs fan? Are you a Jets fan? Are you uh, whoever I feel like supporting this week fan? I am a combine of a Leafs and a Jets fan. Right. I can't decide on the t- I can't decide on the two because it's just I don't know. I don't like for me as a personally I don't like picking favorites, and so I have to make it a tie. And honestly, as, as I look at Austin Matthews cupping his ear like Hulk Hogan behind you, I don't pick favorites. Well, because I look, well, well, come on, just because I have that doesn't mean that I like the Jets still. Who's like, your favorite on. uncle? Uh, I don't want to answer that. I can either confirm oh, or deny it. it's not you. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even lie. Yeah, I'd love to see your other uncle bring you on a podcast. Which which I, I like that though, Patrick, because like I feel I always get shamed for having two teams. And I'm Australian. Like I feel like I have a better excuse for a reason why I have two teams. Whereas you're Canadian, you're basically born and it's like, here, you're going for this team. You've got no other options. So at least, mm-hmm. you know, you can kind of... I'll ask the hard question then. If Winnipeg and Toronto were in the Stanley Cup final, who are you going for? I wouldn't watch it. <laughs> That's an answer. I just yep. don't. <laughs> well, because I just don't know who to cheer for. And like I said, I don't pick favorites. And so I would be happy with either one winning the cup. So. That's How about any Canadian political I think, answer? <laughs> well, let's be honest. Like everybody has their team, but right now, if you live in Canada and Ottawa wins, you're happy. Yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, Sorry, not that's this a funny year. statement. <laughs> Ottawa wins. That I don't yeah. know what those <laughs> words mean. Um, well, well, Ottawa, has, right. Ottawa has consistently gotten closer than both Toronto and Winnipeg over the last couple decades. That's sadly. true. That's true. And who well, beat I mean, Ottawa in the did- Stanley Cup final in 2007? Hello. Um, just pointing that out there. <laughs> quack, how, quack. How, how did you how did you get into hockey, Patrick? I mean, you you know you can tell um, us your age if you want, well, and sort of you're young, so like it's it's something I guess you. Just I am young. I am I am seventeen, turning eighteen in like eight months. Oh great! You and, can come um, on by yourself with me in eight months. Let's let's do it. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I know. Um, mine's a little bit complicated because the first time I've ever watched a hockey game, I was in Brandon, and I was with my used to be uncle, and. <laughs> <laughs> basically they divorced and anyways um he took me and my colin. brother elijah at least and then my sorry what was that colin's got divorced and i didn't know about this <laughs> she was just no, here not uncle colin. <laughs> not, literally no, five no, minutes no. ago jamie what's like, going on yeah but mallory's here you know i, I just pay an actor okay, to pretend to be my, my wife <laughs> Sorry, Patrick. Sorry. Dad, this is the brink. This is what we do. No, we fine, get sidetracked. I know. I know. I've heard a lot of your podcasts. Anyways, You're the one. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, I know. I'm the only Winnipeg listener around for the Oz Network. Um, yeah, we know it's not me. <laughs> anyways, it was my uncle from my dad's side. Um, he took me and my brother Elijah, at least, and my cousin to a Brandon Wheat's King game. I don't remember who won, but 
when I watched it, I was bored because I was like very young. Um, I think I was like maybe six or seven. And then later on, I, me and my brother Elijah were helping my dad. This is when I was like my preteens, I think. And then we, my dad as a reward, because we were so um, hard workers and we were helping him, he rewarded us with Jets game tickets. Now uh. it was in the 300 level where it's called MTS Center still. Um, it was against the Minnesota Wild. I remember it clearly. Dustin Bufflin got the game-winning goal in a, in a breakaway in overtime. It was 2-1. to one. Michael Hutchison was in net. I loved hockey from then on. Um, but before Winnipeg came in, funny story, my dad actually liked the Vancouver Canucks because oh, um, man. Manitoba was their farm team. Oh, and okay. so when the so the Jets came in, in 2011 – was a little bit of a relief because when Vancouver lost to the Boston Bruins. Like... Well, yes, and I, I want you to say that a bit louder so everyone around where I live can be reminded of that because it's a bit of a touchy subject 10 years later. Even, even this I have to say, like, I, well, I was so happy that Winnipeg got a team. This is even before I knew your uncle and all that because I was like, yeah, hey, new Canadian team, Winnipeg, great. But I did have a real soft spot for the Thrashers. I always liked Atlanta teams. And oh, you were the one. Yeah, I was the one. Like, I would <laughs> gladly wear an Atlanta Thrashers jersey out. Like, I, I legitimately. I mean, their alternate jersey is. I mean, I like their alternate jersey. It's really clean, and I mm. like it. Well, I was disappointed so, that the Jets' um, reverse retro wasn't the Thrashers. Yeah, like, Thrashers. I mean, yeah. I started watching. The, I watched the Jets game today with the retroverse. It doesn't look that bad as I thought it was at the beginning. It looks good on the ice, well, but I still would have can... rathered. We, we can talk about bad reverse retros from one of my teams, at least. I've come around on the other one, at <laughs> least. But, um, Colin, I don't, I don't know if I've ever really gotten your background on, on hockey. Uh, give us your background, Mr. Uncle. <laughs> uh, well, first, I just got to say, uh, if Patrick fell asleep during a Wheat Keens game or was bored by it, uh, it was because he was watching a team that was named after a grain. <laughs> like, when there is teams out there named after airplanes and thrashers, you name your team after wheat? <laughs> well, <laughs> I can top that. Okay, so um, Pete, the guy who owns the team that I do stuff for here, the Junior B team, he used to own the Junior A team here in Victoria. At the time, was sponsored. They were called the Victoria Salsa after a Mexican restaurant. They, they were literally the Salsa. <laughs> What yeah. was the Mexican I restaurant? I guess it was just called Salsa. Salsa. I don't know. <laughs> Couldn't be Victoria well, the, Corn the, Chips. The reason I why no they were named the Wheatcades is that we are in the prairies, so it's reference to the wheat and stuff. So well, there's a, a lot of things in the prairies that aren't necessarily exciting if you're going to name a well, hockey the team. Billies? Well, the Manitoba Bison, yeah. <laughs> there's already team for that. Come on, like they could call it the Manitoba Clausen and it would be slightly more exciting <laughs> than the Wheatcades. No, I would doubt that. <laughs> Anyway, the Manitoba Morons. At least just go with wheat. Yeah. <laughs> at least go with wheat canes and not just wheat. Because like, wheat's yeah. wimpy. If you add kings to it, it's better. <laughs> yeah, we could take on the oats yeah. and uh... the hall and oats. <laughs> the hall and oats. <laughs> the Manitoba hall and oats. <laughs> you make our dreams come true. Uh... <laughs> hall and oats are a band, Patrick, from the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> And we won't tell you what uh, you were born in what like 2003? Fucking hell. 2003 or four? He doesn't know, apparently. Yeah, he doesn't know. (laughs) He doesn't know why. I couldn't hear any of you. What year were you born? Oh, 2003. You have not been alive when a Canadian team has won the Stanley Cup. Yeah? No, I have not. Wow. I came close with Ottawa. And I came close with actually twice. And Calgary because, and Vancouver of, and Edmonton. 
<laughs> I know. Oh, what was that one? What was that one word that Flames fans always hate? I don't Tampa remember what Lottie. it was. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was no, a it was goal. That, it was over it the was line. A... <laughs> no, that word. What was it? It was that bullshit. Parallax. 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 What's their issue with parallax? Okay. There's a parallax view of the goal. Um, it was in game six, I believe. Ben, game six. Correct? It was a fucking goal. Game. Yes, I'm not holding on to that at all for no, nearly 20 years. I did not goal. hate Tampa Bay just because of that goal. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Anyways, hey, um, Uncle Colin, your history. Yes, um, Uncle Colin. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Clausen, Mr. Host. Um, so anyways, uh, I mean, I, I was alive during a period where we did have the Jets and we had our own hockey team. Uh, and Canadian teams had recently won Stanley Cup, so I, I don't remember watching hockey the first time. I think you just you just grow up and you you already know hockey. <laughs> um, but I can tell you, I, I think the first thing I distinctly remember watching would have been it might have been the 1988 Stanley Cup Finals. Um, I think the uh, the Oilers won that year because I do remember yeah. watching the Oilers. Um, but the, even though if you lived in Winnipeg, you probably had Jets merchandise, you probably had Oilers merchandise the third team that you would probably see merchandise for was the New York Islanders. And it's funny because outside of the Leafs, the Islanders were always my other team. And when somebody asked me, I might even Jamie asked me years ago. So why do you like the Islanders? I looked, I remembered back and I tried to remember why do I like the Islanders? And I'm like, I think it was just because there was merchandise from, cause they had come off of during the first half of the eighties, they won like every Stanley cup for the first half of the decade. Uh, so there was just a lot of Islanders merchandise. I just, my memories were, I remember having an Islanders jacket. I remember having Islanders shoelaces. <laughs> um, wow. There's like the little, there were things you would put on the end of your zippers so that it would make it easier for a kid to grab your zipper. Yep. I had one of the Islanders get, logo. Um, do you have Islanders underpants? Do you have Islanders socks? Do you have under, Islanders hats? You know what? They, <laughs> they probably had them. I mean, I've got them now, but uh, I'm wearing them now. I won't show you, but oh. uh <laughs> No, it was just everything uh, during that time, even though the Islanders, they weren't like the top team when I was watching, everything that you saw in the late 80s was just Jets, Oilers, and Islanders. Uh, but uh, it, I think the first time I really watched like full playoff Stanley Cup would have been, um, it might have been 1992. Oh, uh, you missed Pittsburgh the good Penguins. year after 88. Who won in 89? Come on. Oh, I do. And I do know that they won, but I wasn't <laughs> watching. It was, I probably wasn't allowed to stay up that late at that point. <laughs> probably wasn't allowed to stay up late enough to start the game. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, unfortunately I did miss, you know, I, I knew it had happened, but I missed like the, the flames and uh, the Oilers again. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it would have been 92, whichever year that the Penguins won, but they played the Blackhawks in the finals. So 91, and 92. They won I think it was 91, 92. Yeah. yeah, I think it might have been 92. But I, I always remembered um, uh, the Blackhawks at that age being like my favorite team because they had won like every game. They had swept almost every series in the playoffs. And then they got to the Stanley Cup finals and they got swept. So <laughs> it was like this big boohoo story. But Typical uh, Chicago. Yeah, exactly. I mean, now Chicago's Chicago is the team. I just take all my shots at Chicago now, but uh, once upon a time, I love them. Like, cause like, I, I don't know. Like I basically, like I have my teams, but then if I have like soft spot for other teams, it often comes down to the cities that I like. So, cause mm. I'm a, I grew up being a Bulls fan in the NBA alongside the Raptors. And I've always stuck with the Bulls and the Raptors as my two teams. I've always liked Chicago sporting teams. So my baseball team, I mm -hmm. go for the White Sox. Um, and so I've always liked the Blackhawks. And when that, when they won all those Stanley Cups like a decade ago, I was like really happy for them. Like, yeah, go Blackhawks. So I've always got a soft spot for the Blackhawks. I, I yeah. like them. So yeah, it's just their 
kind of embarrassing to watch now. Yeah. But uh, well, <laughs> enough shots of them. Di- Patrick Kane's like about eighty di- now, isn't he? Or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they used to be a dynasty, and now they suck. Like, yeah. Corey well, Crawford, they, he was going to the Devils, and then he just retired right away. So the Devils were screwed from the very beginning of the season. Like oh. they were, they were, they were planning on Corey Crawford being their starter, and now he retired like one practice in. They made the playoffs feel... sort of last season. Uh, does that count? Sort the of. Black the Edmonton Oilers. Okay, we're not counting that series. I don't count that. Yeah, because Tampa was an one doesn't count. That was an embarrassment. That was both Tampa's cups don't count. That's true, actually. Both Tampa's cups don't count. First one, they cheated their way hey. to winning. The second one. <laughs> First two series I don't like the 2020 playoffs that I was I resist to mention it's the Calgary Flames and the Jets. That was a great series. What are you talking about? <laughs> what do you mean? He batted to Chuck, injured Mark Shifley. Oh, shut up. And then up. there was the it's, other one. It's not the first time somebody's been injured in hockey. I don't know if you realize that. It kind of goes with the territory. And it's not the yeah, first time the Chuck gets blamed for everything. You leave that beautiful poor man alone. <laughs> first I think of all, I... it was the Shifley injury. And then second of all, it was Mark Giordano. Not, Patrick Liney laid a hit on him. He was checking to see if it was okay. Then he started slashing him in the head for no reason. You it's, like, hey, it's so funny because when that <laughs> happened, I, I live in Winnipeg, but I'm objective enough because I don't dislike the Jets. I mean, I'd probably say, you know, outside of the Jets, you know, well, and Islanders and the Lightning, uh, you know, the, or sorry, after the Leaf Islanders and Lightning, I would probably go for the Jets next. So if the Canadian teams, I'd go for the Jets second. But I'm very aware that in Winnipeg, Winnipeggers are very sore losers when it comes to hockey. Like extremely sore. Like if, if they lose, when, for, if when they lose, and Matthews injured, not Matthew Shifley injured, the Jets would have won the series. That's if the okay, bear that's didn't stop injured. to do a poo, it would have caught the rabbit. Is that the saying? <laughs> it's what my dad used to always so say to me. <laughs> Everybody who saw that hit screwed the Jets. Everybody who saw that hit outside of Winnipeg was like, well, that was clean. Yep. Everybody saw it in Winnipeg. It's like, cheated. And the same thing happened when the Jets lost to um, the, the Golden Knights. Now, th- this, I, I don't know if I mentioned it to you before, Ben, but Winnipeg are such sore losers. So when the Jets lost to the Golden Knights, it was all about there was a conspiracy where they were cutting the power off in the arena during their practices. Yes. Cause you lost because somebody accidentally hit a light switch there when they uh, got, made the playoffs for the first time uh, <laughs> against the ducks, which I'm sure you were happy about when they swept Always. the jets a couple of years ago. Yep. Uh, all you heard was, Oh, we got screwed out of that last call. I'm like, you got screwed out of the last call. You lost four games straight. You weren't screwed out of hey, all of them. Like, that's I Winnipeg. See, that's the same with Toronto. Go call on. That's the same with Toronto. Toronto are also sore losers. Well, and I a feel toxic like, fan base. I feel I've said and this I am a before, Toronto fan Colin, myself. When you've talked about this, that like Winnipeg are the Australia of the NHL. Like Australian yes. sporting fans can't like we lost to India recently in a cricket series. India came back and like played very well. Australians can't accept it. We can't just be like, oh, well, yeah. India played well. Good for them. Well done. They deserve it. It's like, oh, no, this was a bullshit thing, and India did this, and we couldn't do it, and we got injured, and no, 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 no. Like, it's just like, just you lost. Like, okay, I'm salty hey. about Tampa. Am I really salty about Tampa? <laughs> Not really. But, like, at the end of the day, it's fun to play along with it. Um, yeah. And you know what? Like, I'm, I'm kind of weird in that if my team gets beat – I will probably cheer for the team that beat them. When mm. Washington beat the the Leafs a couple of years ago, I started rooting for Washington in the playoffs. When Boston beat them the first few times, I was rooting for Boston in the playoffs. Now I'm kind of over Boston beating them. But uh, I'm okay with my – if my team loses, I would rather my team lose to a team that was better than them 
than to be like, oh, an inferior team somehow snuck by us. Well, that's why when Buffalo yeah, when lost happened- the other day, we didn't make the Super Bowl. Yeah, when- we lost to basically the best team in the NFL. So it's like, hey, I'm mm. satisfied with me. It's like when the Raptors <laughs> been- made the NBA finals. I legitimately <laughs> at that point was like, we've made the fucking finals. We're going to get swept by the Warriors. I'm happy. Like I cried when they made is, the uh, NBA finals and they went on to this, win. It, this, so. this is what one year in North America, one season watching NFL and you're like, we for the Bills. <laughs> hey, I've always been a Bills fan. I just, I remember watching them in like four Super Bowls as a kid, losing them in a row. Like I actually legitimately remember that. I was very young in Australia. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, that's, that's why mm-hmm. I go for the Bills because my dad goes for all the New York teams. Like just doesn't matter what sport. So I'm going to go for the New York teams. And it was the first Super Bowl we lost was against the Giants. And I remember watching it with my dad. And I'm like, oh, what's this? And he's like, American football. I'm like, oh, my team's playing the Giants. I'm like, oh, who's the other team? And he's like, Buffalo. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go for them. And ever <laughs> since, I've gone for Buffalo. So, you know, hmm. pain. And we should get Patrick's other uncle on here because uh, he was a Buffalo Sabres fan growing up. Just yeah. because they were almost always out first round in the playoffs. <laughs> he just Wait, liked the really? torture. I didn't know he was a Buffalo Sabres fan. Oh yeah, he was a Senators fan from the beginning, which is really embarrassing. That's so why he's not. Who does he sure. go for now? I knew that. The, um, I don't know who he goes for now. Probably I don't still. Think he even pays attention to hockey. I think change, changes his mind every five minutes. Clearly, like he's, he's, he switched to Australian rules football. I knew, yeah. Oh yeah, he did. I didn't remember that Auntie Jen cheered for the Blackhawks. I just didn't know that Uncle Ian cheered for the Senators or the Sabers. Like, yeah, because well, you don't really admit that in dinner conversation. Like, you don't yeah, exactly. say that you go for the Sabres and like, the Senators. Like, two of the worst teams in the league when you're in Winnipeg. That's embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, Ben, I know that you're, you cheer for the Ducks, but still, oh, like... I just, I feel I like just three years ago, up. we were good. Well, I just <laughs> want to also bring up a- that... It's a, it's apparently embarrassing to cheer for two of the worst teams in the league when a couple of years ago Patrick was rooting for the Leafs and the Jets where they were the single two bottom teams in the league. Yeah, like until like I, I swear the Ducks and Jets and uh, Ducks and uh, Leafs have swapped. <laughs> hometown spirit, you know. Patrick, I've got to ask: Did you did you ever play hockey? Like, did you ever give it a go? Um, not professionally. I thought that was you in the background there with the Leafs jersey on. Okay, not you. (laughs) Of course I played hockey. Uh, That's another reason why I got into hockey, because it was so fun to play it. Like... That's the only two reasons I like hockey is watching it and playing it. So you do know he's was, talking about on skates and not on PS4, right? I know. I know. That's I I understood him. Which which actually, Patrick, he, I'll have to get your PSN and I've, I've now I can play online now so you can kick my ass in NHL. Oh, hold on, hold on. Oh. There are restraining orders for that. Oh, Remember right. he got they, to wait they, a couple months. They are true, they are true. <laughs> Colin, did you ever play hockey? I don't know if I ever asked you if you ever played hockey. Uh I played like I would say back alley hockey, I would play uh, schoolyard hockey, not like field hockey, but you know, during lunch break, you'd all play on the ice outside. But mm. I, I skated until I was probably about seven or eight years old. And then after that, uh, I just lost the ability to skate. And <laughs> uh, I've never bothered to pick it back up again. Skating to me is kind of like skiing. Every Canadian should do it, but I don't. Yeah, that's my excuse. Just like too. drinking, co- um, so it's just like drinking coffee. You don't like drinking coffee, so you don't drink it at all. Exactly, I'm the world's saying. worst Canadian. I am. I'm do the world. Hey, I, say sorry? I can respect that as well because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't drink coffee either, so you're not the only one in the boat here. Okay, well, I'm glad we're clar- clarifying this sort of stuff, guys. This has been a lot of fun. We're gonna we're gonna do this more often where we can. Um, 
I, I will quickly ask though, though Patrick, like, do you like, do you go out and buy like Jets and Leafs merchandise when you can? Like, do you have a jersey yes, of each team? Kind I of? I do have. My mom actually bought me a Matthews jersey for Christmas, and I also have a White Heritage Classic Line A jersey that I bought for my that I bought for my 16th birthday. <laughs> So, you know what's great is that on our screens right now, he's pointing at me. He's like, yeah. I got a white oh, jersey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just in that general direction, okay? Colin, I know you've got like a t-shirt, I think, of every single NHL team or some sort of <laughs> merchandise. Like, I actually admire that. It's kind of cool. But do you actually have jerseys? Have I asked you this before? Yeah, I've got four Leafs jerseys. <laughs> just Leafs jerseys. Uh, One for every decade yeah, of like pain. A- yeah, exactly. Yeah, I need one more just to we can yep. get all the way back to the '60s. Uh, but no, like I, I've I've got T-shirts for any team I want to root for, and it's the same thing when uh, when when my team gets knocked out of the playoffs, I will buy a shirt for whoever beat them in the playoffs. You know, uh, Goes but away uh, thirty bucks every year. No, a waste of thirty bucks <laughs> is to have I don't know a T-shirt of a team that never makes it. Yeah, Columbus. Is, yes, <laughs> I will say but, like. Uh, I'm not one to buy like other teams' merchandise. Like I mean, I'd, I'd have a Thrashers jersey, sure, because they don't exist anymore. But um, I am so like, there's actually quite a fair bit of Seattle Kraken merchandise, sort of, oh, yeah. in sporting stores mm-hmm. here. Oh yeah, and I love their logo. And I like again, similar to Chicago, I love Seattle teams. So like, I am very tempted. And it's only like when they start playing, it's only like couple like i can get in a boat and be there in like 90 minutes to go watch a cracking yeah, game so um <laughs> as soon as you can cross the border as soon, and as soon as they like i think they're sold out for about five years aren't they cracking game or something like that mm-hmm. so um yeah i'm the excited for the and logo I'm are tempted. very clean yeah i'm not i'm just confused on their uh arena climate pledge arena like well it's 2021 <laughs> It's very woke, you know. The Climbing Pledge Arena. I thought Bell MTS Place was a bad name. But yeah. Climbing, I, I, don't I, I hear there's going to be arena soon called, like, Don't Bash Women Marilyn Manson Arena. So, you know, it's very topical, basically. Um, the hashtag Me Too Center. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, you know, Black Lives Matter, you know, Plaza. Uh, <laughs> sure. There's probably going to be one coming up soon, maybe in 2022. Yeah, Gre- but... Greta Thunberg. Um, place um <laughs> she looks like an arena so that wouldn't be much of a change um guys thank you very much for joining us as i said we will get you both on again soon we will do this again and can i just point out at the time of recording this calgary have officially taken the lead against winnipeg so it is one nothing calgary go flames yeah darn it <laughs> and a big thanks to everybody who's appeared on the show today christian josh colin patrick lots of fun And we'll be back next week. Yes, I will say we will be back in a week's time. And if that doesn't happen, then it might be two weeks' time or three weeks' time or four weeks' time. I'm going to try and hold out still for one more week with a couple of extra guests on the show and some other segments. And we'll get Mallory back on. We will do our very best so you can hear her much better voice than mine. I should really mention, I think I mentioned in the best of we got married, so I'm sure that people care about that little aspect. But I thought I'd share that one more time because it actually happened now. So, yes, she uh, she's a war for worth. So there's another one out there in the world. So be afraid. Be very afraid. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast wherever good podcasts are available. We do apologize that we have taken so long to be able to bring you some brand new content, but we are hoping to be better in 2021. Forgive us. Stick with us. And you will get some great content throughout the year. 
My name is Ben. Thanks for joining on the brink. Keep sucking those oranges, Hobart. And good night. Good night.